Hey everyone, I was recently interviewed on a podcast with Athalia Williams, a podcast called Hustle, Struggle, and Juggle of Small Business. So obviously everything I'm going through growing my marketing agency. So wanted to share the interview with you. I hope you enjoy it and let me know if you have any questions. Always reach out on social media, find Full of Grace Marketing uh, to reach out to me or Sarah C. Douglas on Instagram. So hope you love this interview. Hear more of the backstory of my business, eight years in business. Can you believe that? Um, Enjoy the interview and definitely reach out if you have any questions. Would love to help you grow your business as well. Well, welcome to the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business. I am your hostess, Thalia Williams. And today in our studios, we have a phenomenal guest, Miss Sarah Douglas of Full of Grace Marketing. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and the name of your business. Well, we know the name now, but how long have you been in business? Um, eight years. Yes, a long time. Really? Yes. That's good. And you right. managed to weather <laughs> all the storms. And that's why we're here, right? To talk about the good and the bad. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, yes, definitely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Sarah Douglas. I'm originally from El Paso, Texas. Came to San Antonio, of course. Love it here. Um, always been in the marketing industry and realized that I really wanted to go and start my own company. I always had that feeling, that gut feeling. So just about eight years ago, you know, really felt that leap of faith. And I am a person of faith. Obviously, you hear it in the name, Full of Grace Marketing, and um, just had a jump into it about eight years ago. But really just always marketing major from UTSA. Um, had a couple different jobs, but they were not my calling. This is really my calling. And that's why I'm still here eight years ago. It's been, it's been a struggle and it's been good. Like today it's just wonderful. The business, how it's going, I'm still learning and kind of failing every day, but it's really, really exciting. So I'm here. That's good. (laughs) I mean, you're still standing, right? Yeah. And that's the hard part, right? Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So why this particular type of service? You talked about your love of marketing, but why this particular service? Tell us what this full of grace marketing offer. Yeah. So first, just the company itself, what we offer, we're a little different than any other marketing company. Um, And I've learned this throughout the years. We offer social media management just because of my love for social media, Um, website development. We are a Wix partner. So we just uh, focus on Wix development of websites for small business owners and logo design. So those three main services um, learned over the years of what we wanted to offer, what we were good at and kind of just stay true to that. Um, so that's, uh, full of grace marketing, but why? And so we really are known for social media management just cause myself, the owner, you would see me ever, ever since I started on social media, going to events, networking, always on social media. Um, so that kind of build up the, the brand, the reputation. Um, but you ask why you've been in the marketing industry, you love marketing. Why? So I was working for a home builder in the marketing department um, in Dallas and in San Antonio, both areas for a few years. Um, yeah, that was for, for four years of my life. And I always had these ideas of social media was coming out. It was 2010, 11, nine, and Facebook was coming out. Pinterest, especially for homes, people were pinning floor plans and different things like that. So I saw the innovative nature of social media and how it was just related to my personal life. So I would bring that into their, the business and I would meet 
it was a small company, really great company, but I would meet with the program directors, um, the president sometimes. I was able to be in those executive meetings and here's Facebook and here's what we should do as a business, as a home builder. Do you see all these people are pinning these ideas on Pinterest if we just do this? And everything, oh, that's great, that's great. What is it? Don't understand it. And it's a no. Oh, <laughs> that had to like take the air out of your balloon real quick, right? Yeah. And they would love like the research I would do, the little presentation I would put together, my ideas. But in the end of the day, no. Um, and I think it's just that. That's where a lot of business owners come with that idea. I want to do it my way. I want to do it this different way. Um, so I fell in love with it when social media started coming around for businesses, which is later on around 2010, Facebook kind of started for college students around 2005. So 2010, 11, 12 is when I really just fell in love with it and knew I could do it on my own. Started helping out actually family. Um, a couple of aunts and uncles are entrepreneurs themselves. So just helped them out, got my feet wet in it and realized, oh, okay, I can do this for other companies. And at that point, it was just social media. Okay. Uh, wasn't any other services. Wow. That is amazing because uh, a couple of presentations I do, I have a video slide that says, you know, Pinterest and this and that and this. And then the owner says, okay, wonderful. What do we do with it? <laughs> you know, because they, they don't know. They don't understand it. Right. And the challenge always is you have the ideas and you're presenting them, but the owner of the company, if you're not the owner of the company, has to go, yeah, I can see the future, and they really don't because they don't understand it. So now we're going to stay with what we know and go from there. Oh. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have been some of the challenges in running your business? Oh, everything from, I think, just even charging, just being confident in my services and charging the right amount. Wasn't charging enough, um, learned that the hard way, wasn't really confident in myself. Um, and then also just getting clients and, and really trying to, that, 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 what you just explained, if, how do we do it? What do we do? Mm -hmm. And then them not understanding it. That was a huge challenge back in the day. So I started this 2013. So that was really a struggle too, is just getting the clients to say yes, and I understand it. And here's how we're going to execute it. Um, so because I have always a challenge for myself, I've always told myself I'm not a salesperson and I shouldn't put that in my head because now what's really funny is I don't, okay, I can't say this. I don't love sales, but I am like a salesperson mm -hmm. and everybody's saying yes. And it's great, right? The business is thriving. But back in the day, there's no way I would say I'm the salesperson. But of course, as the owner, the founder, you're the salesperson and people usually come because they want to meet with you. They want to talk with you. True. And, um. Yeah, that was my huge, huge struggle. I would just say anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur, business owner, just realize you actually are the number one salesperson. And if you can't get sales, obviously the business is never going to grow. I think that was just a huge confidence um, issue with me back in the day. And then also just closing the sale and uh, being confident, talking to, to customers and getting those that business. It True. was just such a struggle. Um, and that's where we have to know what our value is yeah. and then what the price of that value is and also knowing who your target market is, mm -hmm. who you're going after. Because, you know, you have, I call it the Walmart target market. Then you have <laughs> the Bergman Goodman yeah. target audience. You got the Macy's and you got the Target. You know, so you have to know where your audience is so you can really realize what your value is and price yourself appropriately. Mm -hmm. So tell me, why do you persist? What drives you to keep going? 
like I've said before, it's actually a real calling for my life. Like I really do feel like I'm doing my mission that I'm supposed to be doing. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, um, even my in my mid-20s, but I would go on mission trips, love that. I felt, oh, maybe I'll be a missionary one day, all this stuff. You know, you come up with all these ideas. But actually when I started my business, I felt that fuel, that fire, that thrive that keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- really think it's just a calling, so you actually feel it deep in your gut. If you're supposed to do this thing, you will keep fighting for it. And that's why you're like, oh, wow, eight years, I didn't know that. Well, because I kept fighting for it. Yeah, it's that that calling. If this is meant to be, you'll do it. If it's not, you're just exploring and then you get burnt out. Maybe take a break. Maybe there's some other thing you're supposed to be doing. Um, and maybe it's it's okay to have a job, you know, that too. We, we kind of just, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur today, but. No, they don't. They think they, they do. They think they do. That's mm-hmm. a yes. But it's so popular today and it's like, you really have to fight for this and. You really have to get used to the nose and you really have to be that salesperson, you know, it needs to come out in you. So. Right. I read an acronym, not a, well, a, a meme on a Facebook the other day that talked about no. It doesn't mean no. It means new opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. New opportunity. <laughs> it's like, okay, how many no's or how many new opportunities <laughs> am I going to be faced with today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that also becomes a challenge because as the owner of the business, you have to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. You have to have the ability to take the no's, those new opportunities, and go forth from there. And that's always a challenge for someone who believes in their product or believes in their service. What do you mean you don't want it? It's valuable to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you see it as valuable to me, but I have to see value in it to say yes. Mm-hmm. So how critical is support to you? A hundred percent, because like I said, you you just need to know yourself Um and if you struggle in your business, like you feel like you're alone, you need that support. Like, please go out and find people around you that want to support you. But I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have support. So um, a few years back, it's uh, one of my contractors that I work with. We decided to do accountability calls every Tuesday and kind of do like a five question report. We email it to each other and we talk for 30 minutes. That is weekly. That, oh my gosh, is so helpful because we're all going through similar struggles in our business. You don't feel alone. So I have that layer. Then out of another, a women's group, some women, about four of us, created a little small group that we meet once a a month. Um, So we talk about our businesses, life, everything. So I have that layer. Mm -hmm. And then I'm part of um, NABO, and they have a smaller group called Digital Up that I'm leading right now this year. But that's another group I meet with once a month. So So give me what NABO is. National Association for Women Business Owners. Okay. Yes. And then um, I've been a member for about four years, and now I'm leading a small group called Digital Up that focuses on learning the digital world for our businesses. It's evolving. We just we have guest speakers every month, all of that. But there's um, six women in there right now. So it's, again, a small group going through the same struggles. We get to share our experiences. So if you look at it, and there's probably more, um, I have th- at least three layers of support right now. Mm-hmm. And one or two of them have been going on for a couple of years. Um, so without that support, 
I wouldn't be here today. I, you need that constant support. And that I even would say you need weekly support because mm-hmm. those monthly groups are so helpful, but you need weekly support. There, I, there's another thing. I'm part of the mentor-protege program, and, and I have a mentor right now. Almost, We're almost completing our two years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I knew I had more. That's why this question is so important. What does support mean to you? Everything. My business is thriving because I have support and because I have a mentor through that that. Um, mentor protege program with the city of san antonio and uh alamo colleges that's excellent because recognizing that you need support and then realizing also that you're not alone i think a lot of entrepreneurs especially the owners of them the ceos feel like no one is going through what i'm going through they all go through it in different industries different businesses and at different times but they do go through those challenges. So tell me, tell us about a failure that you've learned from. I mean, you know, eight years, it hasn't been all, you know, champagne and roses. Talk about a failure that you've gone through. <laughs> Which one do you want to hear about? No, I was kidding. You pick. No. <laughs> well, um, I was just kind of thinking about it of, of failures, and there's so many. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about something that would be beneficial to the audience is, because um, we're in a culture where everybody does think they want to be entre- entrepreneurs. But about seven months after I started my business, I did quit. I quit that job. I actually started the business a, a few months before I quit. Um, but I was, again, I started the business because I was just so frustrated. I knew I needed to breathe, and I let the job go. Didn't plan very well that I had a few clients when I left the job. But about seven or eight months, I did go and get another job because I couldn't financially support myself um but it was a part-time job it's remote it was in the industry doing social media engagement for a pr agency out of dallas so it kind of went with with business i was kind of building up but i was so new and i just want to say for about four years out of this eight-year journey i i kept that job on because i was doing my business during the day i did about 25 hours for this other job um, during time, um, weekends, nights, that's, that was the, that job. And I kind of, and I loved it actually, um, really great. But I say it as a failure because I, you think like you can just go out, maybe you have a little savings, a little cushion, you're going to get all these sales and everything's going to, um, thrive or what's that? The word, um, scale. I, I don't like the word scale anymore because no. everybody, everybody overuses it and tells people, go out, start your business and scale, scale, 10 exit. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to 10 exit anything. Anyways, um, uh, we all have our different stories, but it just it's the reality that you might have to go back and get another job, mm-hmm. a part-time job, anything. But it helped me build up my company in the right time. So I had this other support. While building my company during the day, I had I had another job, and I want to say it's okay. Um, to me, uh, sometimes I would still see it as a failure, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I love the journey that I was on, and mm-hmm. also I did not have a growth mindset um, for th- those years in my business. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to grow it. Right, I was so learning my business. So I want to say that it, it's kind of a failure in my head, but. Um, it's okay. And then actually that's reality. Again, everybody out there that's listening to this and they want to be entrepreneurs, you, you have to think about it. Can I financially do this to be an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Am I going to raise funds? Am I going to do a bootstrap? Which I did. I'm not raising out here raising funds. It's a uh, bootstrap. So that might come in their journey, but it's okay. True. So. 
And sometimes failures have a tendency to become victories because you learn from them. A lot of times you learn from those failures where you don't repeat it again. For instance, you knew that after a certain time period, you didn't have enough sustainability. And instead of being prideful, like, I'm just going to dig in and do it more, harder, faster. You're like, "Mm, I need somebody to give me some income. Yeah. (laughs) So let me go work. But you did it in a way where it still allowed you to grow your business. You didn't become full time somewhere Mm -hmm. where it would take all of your time and energy but you took enough where, okay, I just need something to supplement to help get me through until I build this business up. So let's talk about a success you learned from. Success? Oh, gosh. Um, there's There are so many. I mean, everything's been really great. I think, like I said, um, just building that confidence, building um, the growth mindset, um, getting to see clients just happy from launching a product, um, from an idea to logo to the concept to their websites built to um, just seeing out there on the market. I think that was like a huge success that we started um, working with some product uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing from concept to um, like seeing it in the stores, things like that, it's just a huge success, I think, for my clients. Um, and I would say, cause I, I don't know, I just thought of that first, but I would say, um, just hiring the first person that came on my team, I, in, internally, I think that's a huge success and, um, I would definitely do, done it sooner. I was just so scared to take that leap and that, that actually just happened this year. Um, so the pandemic, it was horrible, obviously in the first few months I lost, um, probably three of my social media clients. These are the monthly clients kind of keep the business going. Um, because when people are scared, business owners, what do they cut first? Marketing. Always. Oh, we don't need marketing. Okay. Right. And you're like, <laughs> you have to keep the pipeline yes. flowing. So you need the marketing, but because you're so scared, they're all scared. Yeah. Right. Let's cut what they feel is the peripheral when yeah. that sometime is a meat and part of the core. Right. Yeah. So, um, but so any, I lost a lot of clients and then I kind of, I, good thing I had that layers of support. I would say even, I remember my mentor telling me a few things and shifting how I offer services and, and all that. But I feel like the pandemic kind of, I'm, I'm a still small business, but I'm not this huge agency that has all these team members, that, that big office, that kind of like uh, mad men that people think of the ad agency and all that. Um, but it, it kind of cleared the playing field that we're all equal. We were all at home. We were all on Zoom. And we're all offering the same services. So it was kind of a, a crazy shift with clients. They all started coming. Like I had a few clients, but a lot of clients that had said no years ago came during the pandemic. Hey, Sarah, mm. hey, we wanted to reach out. Remember that quote you gave me? We're good. We're good to go. And I'm like, ah, oh, the rates have changed. Since then. Right. <laughs> Since then. Because you've learned your value. Right. You learned your value. And what you quoted back then was for that time oh, period. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's like you have more expenses. You, you've yeah. gotten more skill set. So you're going to have to pay for my services now for real, for real. For reals. And the funny thing about pandemic, horrible news on you know, any TV you turn on, but everybody was like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Send us your new quote. Oh yeah. Good. Good to go. No, no questions asked. Let's, let's, let's go. We need to do it now. Right. Cause everybody want, needed to bring up their online presence of mm-hmm. how important it was. So 2020 kind of taught me like you 
are successful, you are in the same playing field as these bigger marketing companies within San Antonio, within the U.S. So it leveled the playing field for me for sure. Um, that's how I really was able to grow even this year, continue to grow this year. So, And that helps because now you've got a true presence because you were there in the midst of crisis and you helped them become more successful mm-hmm. and in turn helped you become more successful. Yeah, we definitely helped each other during yes. that time, like extremely, yes. That is great. And tell me, what does success really look like to you? What do you equate success with? I, you know, I, I, I knew you were going to ask this question, but it's, it's a really hard, I guess, answer um, because I feel successful right now. I feel happy right now, right? I have a good team. I have good clients. Love the work we're doing for them. It's fruitful. It's productive, everything. Um, but then, I, so uh, on the business side, I say, I guess I'm there. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's really, really um, just wonderful right now. I have a great team, and I realize I couldn't do it without a team. Mm-hmm. That's why, I went, you know, maybe three or four years ago, I was trying to put on this growth hat. Um, I didn't know what it looked like. Um, I told my mentor when I started Mentor Protege, I didn't want to build a team. I'm good. Just teach me how to do better in my business. And all of a sudden, two years later, I'm like with my team, (laughs) with an office, all the things I'm like, no, I don't need. I don't need to do this. Um, So I would say I I see even more things I want to do with the business. Now it's getting clearer because I have support of a great team. And and really the team, I guess, is very successful to me, Mm -hmm. Um, just having a good, good people around you. Even though we've been through our ups and downs, I've had a person leave, all of of that stuff has been really hard. Um, But I feel like having a great team, that is successful. Um, You're no longer that solopreneur, that one business owner, like you actually can step away a little bit, you have the team to help support you. Um, But what one funny thing I thought of when um, I know you ask business owners, what does success look like to you? And I'm like, man, to me, it's just hiring a chef to come to my house a couple of (laughs) nights a week. And we're not there yet. But hey, that's success. What's funny about me is that's not the materialistic thing, the big house, this vacations. Yes, I love to travel. But it's that day that I'm hiring that chef and I'm not even looking at what what it costs doesn't matter they're coming over a couple nights a week and cooking me and my husband a beautiful meal that I don't I don't have to lay one finger down so that is success to me and it's kind of funny right but that's that's my definition of success not looking at the tab just having that chef come over just cook and that's success to me and you know for some people (laughs) that is like yeah babe I agree with you on that because for some that's the biggest headache because it's like oh I got to put on this hat as a business owner this hat as a bookkeeper this hat as a salesperson this hat as a marketer and then I got to go home and cook oh others would be like girl why you want to do that I just love to cook and blah 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 it depends on what your definition of success is if you had to do it all over again what would you do differently if anything at all I don't regret anything, but I would definitely, man, I would just hire as soon as I can, be comfortable with that budget. Um, There's been many, many years where there was money there, there was extra, but I was just so scared that you feel like, no, I think I can, I can still do it all. I can still do it all, like holding tight to your revenue, right? 
But no, I just feel like sharing that with others so you can even have an increase of revenue. It's just mind blowing. So I would say hire as soon as you can. As soon as you have a little extra budget, hire that person that can help you out. Start with five hours a week, two hours a week, whatever you can get used to hiring somebody. That's the number one thing I would change. I would definitely do it sooner. Mm, Okay. And that's good because most people, most solopreneurs are fearful of hiring because it's like. And I was too. I understand because they're like, okay, what do I have for them to do? And then can I trust them? And do I have the budget to pay them? I like your concept of if it's only two hours a week, Mm -hmm. hire someone to get into the habit of it. Then you'll be able to increase potentially their hours because Mm -hmm. they've given you some capacity, which you didn't have before. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I would say um, for about four years ago, so halfway in, I mean, I started working with contractors for website design, for logo design, all of that. So that was a test, too. But it wasn't hiring that internal person that 40 hours a a week. And that's what I was able to do this year. But it's like just testing that those waters with subcontractors. And I love that I've had year many years of that experience with hiring people. And even getting to that point, it takes a little while for some people, but do it, do it. You know, I've been doing that for a little minute, but then just trying to think of your internal team who can really take over, help with client meetings, help with the, actually the workload, doing the workload so you can go out and sell more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely do that. And I would recommend it to anybody who has that growth mindset uh, as a solopreneur. If you really want to grow, you realize it's it's beyond you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a vision for the company. You know, I think about the most recent article about the woman who owns Spanx. Mm, yes. OMG. I was like, girl, I ain't mad at you. But just the mere fact that in the beginning stages when she didn't have anything, she said this is going to be a $20 million or $20 billion company. And 24 years later, it has become that. But mm-hmm. nobody believed in her other than herself. She may have had a few around her, mm-hmm. but overall, the people really didn't believe. Like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure thing. 24 years later, <laughs> okay, she's right. doing out. She's doing it big for yeah. her employees yeah. and everything like that. But looking at her, knowing she couldn't have done it by herself. Right. And she had those ups and downs and challenges, ins and outs and things like that. But she did finally relinquish and say, okay, I need some help. And look where it took her. Okay. Exactly. That's yeah. that's amazing. So just for you to recognize, yeah, I need some help. Oh yes, and I would say be careful who you tell your vision to of your business because your family and friends might look at you like, okay, they don't get it, they don't see it, they don't have to see it. Why mm-hmm. does our family have to see it? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say some friends help me out, some um, some family, but like I said, some fa- family members are actually first clients of mine, but. Nobody saw it. They didn't see the vision. They didn't know what I wanted to create, but it's okay. Like, be careful who you surround yourself with. Get yourself around, network with some other entrepreneurs because you can all sit around and talk about your crazy ideas because to the normal average person, average working person, all your ideas are crazy. So be careful who you tell your vision to. Don't get discouraged if you tell your family, especially the people closest to you, and they don't get it. It just goes over their head. They um, probably not going to be a business owner, probably not going to be an entrepreneur. And crazy is good as a business owner. Every time I hear you're crazy. Oh, I'm doing something right. You have <laughs> Thank to be you. crazy. Thank you for that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. For Sarah that. Blakely, the owner of Spinks, was crazy. Why would she cut hose and make her own pro- like 
Mm -hmm. We have pantyhose. Just leave it. Mm -hmm. Leave it alone. So you have to be crazy to be a successful entrepreneur. So every time I hear, hey, that's a crazy idea. Great. I'm on the right track. That's good. That's real good. So how can we get a hold of you, Sarah? Of course, on social media. (laughs) Um, Well, connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. Sarah Douglas. Love to chat with you there. And then my favorite social media platform is Instagram. So Full of Grace Marketing or Sarah C. Douglas. Just get a hold of me there. Love to talk to you. Okay. But those of us who are not technologically savvy, but we like to maybe email or phone call, you know. What's that? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, come into the 22nd century, people. (laughs) Yes. I mean, yeah. My emails, I think, on my website, fullofgracemarketing.com. Emails, sdouglas at fullofgracemarketing.com. Definitely give me a an, an email. I would say phone calls. I need to schedule them out, people. I need to schedule the phone calls. <laughs> right, exactly. And we're not texting anything. So she gave you the methods and ways in which to contact her. So if you're interested in reaching out to Sarah, please do so at the contact information. Well, Sarah, we thank you so much for coming today. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Good. Well, you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.